What's up, everyone out there in social media? Welcome to another edition of the Houston Round Ball Review presents Folks Talking Sports. I am KG Chris Gardner, owner of the Houston Round Ball Review. And with me right now is my man, Willie Gibson in Ohio. How are you, brother? Doing well, brother. How you feeling? Doing pretty good. Let's get into it real quickly for those wondering. Andy Yanez is uh, covering the Astros Mariners game. I'm not sure if it's still in the bottom of the eighth or on to the top of the ninth yet. So once that game is over and, and Andy's finished with his work, he will join us as soon as he can. Let's talk about today's Phillies. We're going to talk NBA playoffs a little bit. We're going to talk about what Matt Ishbia, is that how you pronounce his last name? I believe so. Okay. The owner of the Phoenix Suns and Mercury, what he did last not quite two weeks. And some WNBA, NCAA women's basketball when it comes to money. We'll talk about that as well. But first up, James Harden saved Dwell and Beats Bacon. Brother Dang. Gibson, do you concur? Oh, without question. Without question. I think he heard the whispers too. What whispers are those? He was getting talked about. 45 in game one, 28 in games two and three. Oh, things were being said. Yeah, we talked. We talked about him last night on on a rocket show, game two and three. He was bad. He was awful. Yeah, and he he stepped up. He had the game winning basket today. Joel Embiid, get your thoughts on this. Well, is he? I mean, Joel played. Let's see, all of overtime. So he had to play. I think 30, 32 or thirty six minutes. So roughly thirty seven of the last forty minutes of the game, something like that. What do you? attribute his you want to call it poor conditioning too much that he's got to do for the philly the bad knee all of the above what yeah i would i would definitely say all of the above i mean let's see he got injured april 20th and he played again on wednesday so wednesday was may 3rd so two weeks so two weeks off, and he's played three games and five days after taking two weeks off. Now, you would think, yeah, you're in conditioning, but again, he's less than 100%. I mean, that, that knee is a four- to six-week injury mm-hmm. normally, regular season. But in the playoffs, he's, he's doing what he needs to do for his team. So, yeah, you can say now – it's always these things after there's questions where it's something the question balls occurred. If he goes out there and drops 60, we're not going to say, Oh, what is it? His knee? Is it this? Is it that? So it, in some ways it's convenient, but you can attribute it to, to all of those, all, all of those things. I mean, cause Al Horford blocked his shot three times in the fourth quarter. And it looked like Joel didn't have any lift <laughs> on, on the shot. But after, the second block, Dwell hesitated. It was like Al had got into his head at that point. So he was, you know, pump baking, double pumping. Should I shoot this? Whatever, passing up. So it happens to MVPs. <laughs> yeah. I guess 
even, you know, because, I mean, Joel is human as well, but he made the kick out to James Harden. Harden hit the three to cap off a 42-point performance for him. He played well, but even he had some moments down the stretch. They were like, James, you, you're looking kind of sluggish here, James. You, you're moving kind of slow. But that could be a lot of, a lot of minutes on him too. So right. these guys aren't machines. So at some point, you gotta, you're going to get tired. Right. right. So, Corey Miller, how are you doing? I think Corey's a, a UH fan or alum as well. Let me put this up since we're going to figure out this issue, Will. Okay. But no salt here. Harden got busy a lot. Mm. Not down the stretch until overtime. He got into his bag with mid-range game. Finally, there's nothing wrong with mid-range game. It's still old school, but it's still effective. So, it was good that he kind of, and who was it? Mark Jones said that James Harden, after the game, said James Harden, exercise some playoff demons today with his 42 point performance in game and i'm like mark calm down man it's 2-2 <laughs> in the, right. the semifinals, you know right not the conference finals or the nba finals so calm down pump your brakes there mark but right. it was good james played well your thoughts on boston and not even getting off a shot before the buzzer those final 15 seconds what in your mind happened or didn't happen? Uh, I, I don't believe I'm about to say this, but it's the rookie head coach, Joe Mazula. I mean, he's gotten a pass on a lot of things this season because of the, the talent that has, has covered a lot. And I think playoff time, while Doc Rivers isn't the best, Doc Rivers has that experience. And Joe Mazzulla is going through these things for the first time. So there's some things that he probably could have done differently. But I, I don't know. And for Marcus Smart to get that off just after the buzzer? Mm. I mean, Jason Tatum, JT took too long. Yeah. He held the ball too long. And so that's that's a key as well. But where do you, where do you line up on the process of – I mean, I want this for you as well, Will, so you can see it from Corey. Okay. He's giving a shout out. What's up? Ask how we're doing. We're doing well. What's up, Corey? I'm good. How are you? And he's a current student at UH. So the show uh-huh. is getting support from younger UH students. So that's good because a lot of it was from the alums and folks not quite my generation of UH, but a little bit younger than me. So, but what are your thoughts on it? Those final seconds, do you want a coach to call the timeout to set up a play? Or do you just want to trust your players to get it done? In those final moments, on the road, man, that's I mean it's situational because at home, yeah, you gotta you got the crowd behind you, but on the road, on the road, something like that, and I just I think of of uh, not that I'm comparing these guys to him, but I think of uh, Grayson Allen in Game Five <laughs> and. Situations like that, it's like, man, you got to get a timeout. But it, it's situational. In that case right there, just in, in Philly, just a moment ago, yeah, I think a timeout would have been would have been fine. Because as you said, Jason Taylor took too long. Mm-hmm. So if there's a scenario where you can look, this is what we're doing. Don't try to figure it out on the fly. This is the game plan. This is the play. Let's go execute it. There's no question at that point. And you talked about Joe Bazula. I was very harsh 
on Coach Bud and his not calling timeouts, you know, for the Bucks, and the Bucks fired him. That was accumulation of a lot of factors with Coach Bud, but and that's after the news of one of Coach Bud's brothers being killed in a car crash. Yeah. So Coach Bud's mind was, you know, had a heavy heart. Um, he may have been less focused on the playoffs because of that. I mean, that's kind of understandable. Yeah, sure. But it's a cold business, Will. I mean, if, if, he, if he can't get it done, if he can't focus, give it to your staff. Yeah. Do you agree or disagree? Yeah, without question. I mean, uh, unfortunate uh, scenario with, with Coach Bud and his brother, but I don't know this discussions. I don't know if he went to the team. I don't know if the team came to him and said, hey, you know, it, it's okay if you step aside. And he said, no, I want to see it through with my guys. I, I don't know. But, yeah, a situation like that, I would imagine – Trying to think of something else similar. Um, all here I can think of is Isaiah Thomas when his sister was killed mm-hmm. in a car accident um, in the playoffs a few years back when he was in Boston. Um, to each his own. Some people feel I need to be around the game. I need to be around my guys. You know, if I'm not, then that's 24 hours with mine. It's just going towards my brother and what happened. So maybe he needed that that time. To be around his, his, his guys, to be around his team, to, to, to immerse himself in his work. But, I mean, I, yeah, in hindsight, would he have been better served taking time away? I don't know. And from all reports, it wouldn't have mattered. He would have been dismissed anyway. But it's just the optics seem really, 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 really uh, bad that after it's disclosed of his brother's uh, death, then he's dismissed from his job. So, you know, it's bad optics, but I remember us in the first few weeks of, I think, doing this. Mm-hmm. I was, man, I was just lighting up, bud. Yeah. <laughs> just lighting him up because of his decision making and yeah. how at times lost and inept Milwaukee looked offensively. And then when they won, they won the chip, <laughs> you know, yeah, right. but that didn't change the fact that they look lost a lot. So, you know, I mean, Hey, it, it's a business, you know, Steve Kerr said it, this is, this is the profession they chose and Buzz still gonna get paid a lot of money. <laughs> oh, a <laughs> lot. So his decision-making has been poor for a while. It wasn't like this series was the first time that we were like, what the hell is he thinking? <laughs> you know, or not thinking. Right. So it, it's a, the timing of it was bad. But I think he was gone in, unless they won a chip. And in yeah. some rare cases, you know, coaches are fired even if you do win a chip. Well, they said, what was it? Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, what were you going to say? Yeah, I was going to say, like, three of the last four coaches to win the championship have been fired. Frank Vogel, Nick Nurse, and now Mike Budenholzer. So that's a it's a – what have you done for me lately business exactly and and i think we talked about it off off air i think it's a preemptive move to keep charles oh. lee from going to to detroit but yep. i mean they say milwaukee's going to do a, a lengthy search okay we'll, we'll we'll see it may be a lengthy search and then to come back to charles lee you know right 
But, but Charles, uh, just hold tight, Charles. Hold tight. Yeah, just, just but, wait, Charles. You know, we'll come back to you. Uh, and, of course, we had the proverbial, uh, well, now Bud is available. JB can be gone. No, JB uh, Bickerstaff is fine. Yeah, I mean, that's already been stated. <laughs> that right. He's fine. So, yeah, get your thoughts on this. We're going to take a tour around the playoffs. I'm going to. We got folks time. No salt. Thank you. In order to thank you, Corey, as well. It, when Andy joins, if he's able to join us during this show, we're going to talk some UH baseball too. Well, yes, UH baseball, okay. the first place Cougars in the American. Even though I think this says more about the American than the actual baseball team, but they're still in first place. Mm-hmm. Your thoughts? Just going to put this up. Question from No Salt. Eighties number eighty more is number one fan. Mm. Do you feel the Lakers are going to surpass the Warriors? Do, do I, are they going? Do, do I yes. think they're going to win this series? Yes. Yes. I think all yes. three of us said that. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Especially Thursday. And we look bad Thursday. Thursday yeah. on the lunch break, all three of us, me, Will, and Andy, picked the Warriors to win the series. Our guest, Valencia King, who joined us, Warriors fan, as she told us, said, don't count out the Warriors until they lose four times. They're still the champs. All that is correct, factual. Yep. And then AD went and stunk. <laughs> He missed shots. He made it. You know, these theaters look bad. Right. Game three, he looked like one of the best players in the NBA, especially on defense. Yeah. I mean, with the deflections, the block shots, and even even though Wiggins got him once, you know, he dunked on him one time. That was after AD had blocked like four or five Warriors attempts and had his hands on a lot of deflection, deflected balls, all those things. Mm-hmm. AD is the key to the series. Yeah. But Monty Jones said it, and I sent it to you. Yeah, did. <laughs> it's like AD <laughs> realized that they had no, they as the Warriors had no answer for him. Every other game. Every other game. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true. Yeah. The Warriors have no answer for him. But your thoughts on this, because I'm going to go offense in a second. Mm-hmm. I'm glad Darvin Ham and the staff made the adjustment that they did. There's no reason for AD to be in drop coverage against Clay Thompson and Steph Curry on those high screens. There's yep. no reason for it. He's not those Steph and Clay are not me. I don't know how well you can shoot threes, Will. I'm gonna assume yep. they're not you either. No. They can make threes at a high right. clip, especially right. if they're wide ass open. So if AD is in drop coverage, they're going to be wide ass open. And then it was all of a sudden like they realized, oh, you know, AD, let's stop doing drop coverage. And you get a, get out there higher and use your length and get in passing lanes or just get a hand up. Oh, yeah. And it worked. Your, your thoughts on that? Yeah, we talked about Joe Mazula earlier. And, and Darford Hounds being hammered all season long in his rotation and his, his timeouts and his lack of adjustments. <clears throat> So, yeah, for him to finally realize game three, as you said, oh, wait a minute. Let me do this. And the light bulb goes off. Yeah, AD, let's stop putting you in drop coverage. Let's let you use your left. And it works. Now, will he continue in game four and beyond? I hope he will. But that's always been the question. That's, that's been his qu- the question about him all year long is, what is he going to do? And then you see the, the wire, the little clips they show him in the huddle. It's like, man, this dude don't know what he's talking about. <laughs> like, it's, man. It's, it's motivational. It's, that's what yeah. it is. Let's keep 
keep fighting, keep motivating. You know, I'm, I'm yeah, nervous, but. yeah, like man. So I hope, <laughs> I hope this is this is a a, a sign of things to come. And, and let me pull up some folks, some comments from our audience here watching on YouTube on Houston Ron Barbie. We're going. I want to get your thoughts on what I touched mm-hmm. on about James Harden last night on Let's Talk Houston Rockets. But in in order to say hi as well, howdy. What's going so no on? worries about being late, folks. You know, you join in when you can. So this is not you're not being punished if you're late. No, there's no flags for being tardy. No, you know, this ain't class. So we're not slapping your hands. Thank you for being on the show and participating. That's that's the, the important thing about it. Will I said it last night? I'm sticking with it. I have no reason, even after James is 42 points today. I believe James will be a rocket. He's going to come to the Rockets this summer. Even, and I talked to my colleague, Adam Spillane, last night. I said it, and then Spoke corrected me after I said I said corrected me, but he pointed it out to me. Even if Philly win the chip this year, we still believe James will be a rocket. What do you think wow. about that? Wow. You know what? I rock with you. I mean, you're, you're the most plugged in person I know in the city of Houston. Not just UH basketball, not just UH sports, but the Rockets. And I, I trust you. I trust your sources. And you and I have talked about it. And based on that, I'm with you. I'm with you. James is going to be a Rocket come July, what, 6th, or whenever contracts can be yeah. executed. So yeah. Officially. Officially. Yeah. 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 Uh, because, let's see, if they win a chip, the latest could be like June. Father's Day, June 18th. Okay. Send the draft like a, a week later. Yep. So it could be within that window. Word gets back to Houston. Hey, yeah, I'm coming. I'm coming to say, all right, all right, keep it caught. Okay. We'll see you when you get here. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know, sign to you. But Tony M doesn't like it. <laughs> it's, it's, it's kind of, it's getting to be more 50 50 with, with Rocket fans. Some don't like Tony, does not want James on the squad at all. Yeah. My caveat. Because personally, I, I don't believe James, obviously, and I said it last night, he'll make him better. He'll be the best player on the team. No can question. I say that? Yeah, can I totally, let me ask totally a question. Let's say the Rockets don't win the lottery and they get the third pick. So no one Binyata, no one Binyama, no Scoot Henderson. They get the third pick. Do you want James at that point? I and that's, think I'll probably still know the answer, but. Yeah, yeah you know, yeah, for him, yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. it because there's some scenario. My caveat is I don't want the rocks in, and hey, I'm not Rafael. I'm not Tim, so it's not my money. Y'all all know that. <clears throat> don't, if I'm the Rockets, don't give James a four year deal. I'm good with two. Hell, two years max. Two years, just two years. Mm. Anything beyond that, no. It's four years, hell no. But especially if he's looking for four years max money. Because no, it's, it's uh, here you go, Tony. <laughs> Will <laughs> he don't want a period? All right. Tony does All not right. want him, period. So fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. He's 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 adamant about that. So I mean, he's played great two out of the four games this series. James 35 years old. Yeah. A four-year contract from the Rockets to James, he's 39. One and plus one. And you'll see more. Yes, one plus one. You see more. And 
LeBron is an aberration. Okay. Yes. And James Harden, 35, 38 minutes a game, and to do so much what he does, he's had some slippage so far. 33, Justin, thank you. 33. Really, is that all? But anyway, 33. The mileage on him is just, mm, I just don't want to give him four years, especially Max. Uh, two years I'm good with. But by the time he's good, or by the time the, by the, time the Rockets are good, James will be too old. <laughs> you know, I think, in my opinion. I think, you know, and he'd be getting like $45, 50000000 million for a guy who's passed, well past his prime, and that money's on your cap. And you're gonna need, you know. So what do you, what do you say? Yeah, yeah, without question, you definitely. I mean, but what is it? And correct me, do they still have the age thirty eight season? Yes, they do. Provision, okay. Mm-hmm. So, man, this is old James. Like, okay, let's say someone is even three year max versus the Rockets offered him a one plus one or two, or giving him the choice of taking a one plus one. One meaning one year guarantee, second year player option. Does he go? I mean, I think from our discussions, he's going to take whatever. The, I don't want to say whatever the Rockets offer, but he's in, he's intent on joining Houston in the offseason. Um, but if someone else gives him the third year guaranteed at age thirty three, tasting the thirty six, I don't. That's I don't know. I think for him, I think he guys. I see you. I see you. Will's turn. Go ahead. I no, see you no, I'm thinking it's gonna be 34 in August. Yep. So this season coming up, he'll be 34. A lot of Rocket fans chiming in. Thank you very much, Justin. Ace Talks Finest. Thank you as well for for chiming in. I, I'm just good with two years. I'm not. I mean, I've seen James here at the Rockets. I don't remember the date, but I saw James. I was there when James put up that 60 point triple double. Yep. Okay. It was one of the most impressive things I've ever seen in person. Those days, I think, are over. James could help. He would help the Rockets. And you're, I'll ask you this also. Yep. I think it would be more of a let's boost ticket sales from a Tillman perspective. We're going to, they'd win more games, obviously. But do you think? With James on the roster, and they don't get one or two. So it's Brandon Miller at the third pick. Or if it's worse, if it's fourth or you know, fourth or fifth. With James on the roster, are the Rockets a play-in thing? Play-in team. All right, I'm gonna ask you this. What James am I getting a motivated James? Am I getting a James that cares? Or am I getting the James that left here or left there? Yeah, right before we put to uh, Brooklyn, because that matters. As, you know, and it's, especially with that line of thought, if they win a chip this year in Philly, oh, because then James be like, "I got my chip." Yep, <laughs> you know, I got my chip. I can come to the city that I call home. I'm good. <laughs> you know, y'all pay me whatever that I agree to. You know, accept. You know, Justin. And this is legit as well. He's works out. I mean, hell, Rockets. He's like, he still has a key to the facility. 
I mean, you know, it's, 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 this is home. <laughs> no question. I think he, he wants to retire a rocket. He can do that at 40 or whenever he decides to, you know, put up his shoelaces. Yep. He could stay in Philly, sign a, sign a four-year deal, and then do one of those, you know. One-day deals. One-day deals, you know. Yep. To do it that way. But, <clears throat> see, Tony. <laughs> we we get where Tony coming from. <laughs> Tony, <laughs> James, they win a no-chip regardless of the team. <laughs> Uh, and a sleep art, I get this too. Like I said, we all know James is talented, we all know that, and Teach he would be what, the best though. player on this Rockets team, sure. But playing team this coming season, Will, with James Harden, with James Harden, let's see. OKC was the 10th seed this year, OKC. See, I was looking at who, okay, who comes out. Who comes out? Because yeah, Minnesota, OKC, and see, that's the thing as well. Who who are they going to jump? Right, right. I mean, Minnesota, OKC, the Lakers, and was it Minnesota, OKC, the Lakers? Who did OKC play in the first round or the, the first round playing game? I don't know, but so six. Ha! Ah, I don't see anybody coming out. That's the thing. Like before, I put the the Rockets in. I got Minnesota. Minnesota. Right, that's what I'm saying. Minnesota, OKC, the Lakers, New Orleans, New Orleans. Thank you. Whew. Nah, I don't see the. I don't see anybody coming out because you still got the Clippers. They're still on, regardless of what you think. They're a top sixteen. The Lakers are moving into the top six. Um, Denver's not coming out. The Warriors aren't coming out. Uh, Memphis, perhaps. Depending well, I mean, on what goes down. I mean, let me put up Justin's comment because clearly, this is true. The only issue with Harden is his outside activity. This is the same guy that John Wall told to did. He told John Wall to did practice to come to Atlanta. That's true. Right. John said it himself. And see, that's another. Right issue I have with J- James coming to Houston because this is his city. Okay, he, he he's king of H Town. That I don't think is going to change. You know, um, he's still getting he's he still likes to party. He still likes to have a good time. If he returns to the Rockets, he'll be in H Town much more <laughs> and have much more opportunity to party. And have a good time. <laughs> That's not good for Kevin Porter Jr., I'll tell you that right now. But numbers wise, New Orleans, the playing win total was 40, roughly. 40 wins. And the Rockets had 20? 22. 22? 22. So 18 wins. James Harden, 18 wins. I made Udoka 18 wins. Yeah. And uh. We think they're gonna they're gonna bring in at least two veteran players. They should well James will be one of them to be one more veteran. So James, a vet, Coach Udoka, is that enough to get them an 18 or 20 win improvement? I'm gonna say 15 wins. Nope. And we're gonna bring in Mr. Baseball, Andy Yanez. <laughs> Andy, how are you, sir? I'm good. How are you guys? Doing okay. Talking James Harden and the Rockets. I believe 
that James is going to be a rocket. Um, and so based on that, Andy, James Harden is a rocket. Rockets have new head coach. They bring in one more veteran. We can debate. We'll debate. I'll give out some names in a moment about who that veteran, other veteran is. How many wins you see the Rockets improving next season? Well, obviously, a lot of it has to do with what happens in the draft lottery and whether they. Oh yeah, that was the other number one pick. That was the other thing. They don't get number one pick. They don't. They don't finish top three. Don't finish top three. Woo. So then if they get only James Harden, geez, if they don't get the top uh, a top three pick. Let me just tell you, the draft lottery did, really did not go in their favor. But just adding James Harden to this core of players, they won two, 22 games this past season. Mm-hmm. I think they can get up to 30 with James Harden. But playing 37 to 40. Purely off of James Harden, no. Someone, whether it be Jabari Smith, whether it be Jalen Green, whether it be another offseason sign, he has to take another step. Because, let's face it, I know Harden's been been really good for some stretches in these in the series. Well, two, two out of the four games against the, the Boston Celtics, which... Segway, Jalen Brown, what are you doing? Why would you double <laughs> off of James Harden on Joel Embiid? You're up by two. You're up by two. Even if Embiid scores in the paint, you're tied, and you get to, to go for the win and go to double overtime. Why in the world would you double team off of James Harden? But that's not neither here or there. But you know, James Harden, how old is he going to be coming into next season? 34. He'll be 34 years old. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously more aware in terms than when he left. There's got to be someone else, especially if they don't get Victor Wembeyama or if they don't get a top three pick, period. They need to be able to, whether it be another offseason acquisition or someone taking a bigger step, like I said, whether it be Smith or Green, in order to be able to win 37, 38, 39 games and be in that playing conversation. James Harden by himself, <laughs> they're not going to be getting 2017, 2018 James Harden. He's not going to be walking through that door. So... Just totally especially not for eighty, not for seventy games. He might do it once a week, you know, but that's not enough. That's not four games a week. But for Andy, I, I, for eight, what are you going to say? What what I was just going to say, and I know it's it's a little, it's kind of an interesting whether if for Houston fans that indeed want Arden to come back, should they be rooting for Philadelphia to win a championship, or should they not? In my opinion, I think it becomes more likely Harden comes back to the Rockets if they win a championship, in my opinion. What say you guys on that? And we, we touched on that earlier because in my scenario of James coming back and Corey is asking, I'm sticking with my man Kelly Eco, 7 out of 10. That hasn't changed. 70% James will be a Rocket. He's coming coming to the Rockets, coming back to the Rockets. Son, sorry, Tony. He's, he's coming back to the Rockets. The question couple because i'm gonna give you a list of creating possibilities for the rockets but i don't believe the rockets should offer james more than a two-year contract four years if that's what he wants james i'm sorry i know what you, you meant to the franchise and of course this is me talking <laughs> but two years is good that makes sense two years are good four years no can i, can I start to pot a little bit because something you just said james i know what you meant to the franchise what has he meant to the franchise he oh, turned he's him, everything for the franchise. Yeah, he, he turned him around <laughs> from mediocrity to the Western Conference Finals. He got him on national TV, Will. 
Okay, so we hanging banners for the Western Conference. I know, I get it, but I, that's why I was thinking like, did they make the final? Wasn't he part of that? Did they shoot like zero for twenty seven in Game yeah, Seven against the Warriors? Hey, no question, he had okay. some timeouts. Three, if he you, had, you he had, but he carried the Rockets for a long time. He, he made them relevant. Okay, okay, okay. I got now, that's. That's and if it weren't for James Harden, oh. they wouldn't have been in that position right. to that's be in the James Western Conference Finals against the Golden State Warriors. Fair I think the Rockets, the James Rockets <clears throat> would be getting, is getting more to the old James rather than the James of old. But some free agent possibilities for you guys. And I'm going to get into, because this is folks talking sports, not let's talk Houston Rockets, but going to get into some names here. Let me see it. I just... Justin Singleton put some respect on Josh Smith and Dwight Howard's name in 2015. Okay. For the Rockets, Harrison Barnes. Harrison Barnes? Yes. Uh, I would pass depending on what kind of contract he's looking for. I mean, for, for me, he's a solid piece. For an older veteran? Two years, two years period. I got some younger guys. I'd go four, but these, you too, Harrison Barnes. What do y'all say? I mean, he, he's definitely a, a veteran presence in the locker room that they sorely lack. I don't okay. think they've had that. Um, but as far as the last time I saw him was Game Seven against the Warriors last Sunday, and uh, he didn't look it wasn't nice. Right, right. right. So, Draymond Green. Oh no, no. Both y'all said no with the quickness. Why? Draymond Mr. Triple Green. Single? Mr. Triple Single? He'd make the defense better. I don't think you want to. I don't know. Adding Draymond Green to a very young core, I don't think. Uh, at $28 million. Yeah, add a lot of money. Oh, yeah. I don't believe yeah. he would come here because they're so young and so far away from winning the chip. But right. I'm just putting us in our names. Nah. Not, not at $28 million for this team. Nope. Okay. Cam Johnson. Yeah. Young vet. Four-year deal. Cam yes. Johnson. Yes. Okay. Without question. Trey Jones. Not Tyus. Trey Jones. Huh. It's a log jam. That's creating a log jam at that point. Be back nah. up. Nah, nah, nah. If you you get Harden, I don't think you need him. Well, you could you could probably sign both of them though, with the cap room they got. They got sixty million in space. Well, mm, if I'm right, but I don't I don't think he I don't think I think the Rockets could go in a different direction in terms of need if they do get Harden in that scenario. Jakob Hurdle. No. Wouldn't hurt to have another big. He's, he's a shot blocking big that they don't have. Yeah, yeah. and he, he he probably wouldn't cost a lot of money. Okay, I could I could I would love to see. I mean, he'd be a good nice piece to add. Austin Reeves. No, for selfish reasons. No, I don't think the Lakers are going to let him go. But yeah. it can. They they are maxed out of what they can offer him. Yeah, four years fifty is what I heard. So if the Rockets went four years fifty million and a dollar, yeah, and just whatever the Lakers just paid him more than what the Lakers can. Yep. How about that? 
if you can get him, I'd say yes, but I I don't think they'd be able to get him. I don't think Angelos. I mean, I, I think I mean, hell Austin said he he's already said he loves LA, loves the Lakers. LeBron yep. loves Austin with the Lakers. That part. So that part carries a lot of weight too. But what if the Rockets said they shouldn't? Okay, but what if they just Austin Reeves, we're going to give you, I mean, really, just damn near the max, whatever it is, four years, $90 million, whatever. I mean, whatever it is, not even make it close for the Lakers. Austin Reeves? Austin Reeves, yeah. I mean, something outlandish. Then Raphael Stone is not not managing his spending wisely, in my opinion. So, okay, so they don't get James. James decides to stay in Philly. Brandon F says he's not starting. Okay, yeah, I'll put it out it, there as it, well. What if you what, what if you move to the three? KPJ at the three, Jalen and Austin Reeves. Then you have a. That's, mm. that's not a. Is that better? A good starting lineup. No, no. In my opinion, it's not. Why? Why not? You don't. You don't. I mean, KPJ. One, three. they'll be undersized. In my opinion, though. I don't know. I don't buy it. Well, I mean, Eric Gordon six for three. He started right. a small four. And there's four, a reason four, that they've four, lost sixty four. games for the past few years. Uh, okay, uh, for Justin, this is for Will too. What happened, Jay Sean Tate? Do I think he goes? Yeah. Yeah. Based on veterans they bring in, most likely Jay Sean to be elsewhere. Yeah. yeah. As part of the upgrade to the roster, yes. Um, Gabe Vincent. Mm. He's balling for Miami, but I, I, yeah. uh, I what mid, clear. mid-level? Man. Well, I mean, mid-level is like 12 now, isn't it? I mean, yeah, they could give him more than Miami. Uh, hmm. Would you make them better as a sixth or seventh man? No. No? You don't think who's so? The, who's the sixth or seventh man now? Find better. How much better could they possibly make him? Uh, hell, and he's, uh, a bit, he's a bit streaky as well. Oh, there's no question. But is he a better shooter <laughs> than what the Rockets have? You know, looking at Dacia Nix backcourt, backcourt wide. Dacia Nix, Ty Ty. Oh, Dacia Nix, will be gone. You need a big upgrade at <laughs> right. And, okay, uh, well, let's give Vincent an upgrade over Dacia Nix. Josh Christopher. I think Josh Christopher might have issues making the squad as well. I mean, the vets they bring in have to be better than what they have already. Period. Y'all agree on that, right? Absolutely. So don't wait, don't waste time on vets who are not better than what you already got. Because if they're not better than what you already have, then just develop your, your young guys and keep them on the cheap. Absolutely. So uh, let's see. All right. Justin, this is for you guys. We're going to shift gears, talk about um, the other two series and playoffs. And then my last question about uh, Phoenix Suns and Mercury owner Matt Ishbia changing the game. Your thoughts on this. If the Rockets get the second pick, do the Rockets get Scoot Henderson or Brandon Miller if James Harden is coming? And, of course, this would be part of the because, you know, the draft will be before 
free agency begins. So this be part of James telling the Rockets, you know, or James and someone around James saying to the Rockets, yeah, I'm coming. <laughs> I'm coming. <laughs> I think separate from James, they go Brandon Miller regardless. Just me. See, that's I'm with you, Will. A lot of not a lot, but a few other colleagues say Scoot Henderson and Rocket fans say Scoot Henderson. What say you, Andy Yanez? Brandon Miller would fit much more when it comes to need and, and just meant if, if you would, he'd, he seems to be the much more fit. They would fit with the current group core that they have, regardless of like Will said, whether if they get James Harden or not, I think getting Brandon Miller is going to be a, a very, very controversial signing regards or pick regardless of the fit obviously because of off the court stuff and even then if you do get them you'll have people saying scoot henderson was the the, the better player and even if you're not going to keep him or use him you could potentially package him and trade him away to another team and make your team better that way if you're taking a pick just to actually have him on the roster fit wise brandon miller makes sense i'm not too sure Skill set wise, who's who's better? Who's the better player, Scoot Henderson or Brandon Miller? Or should the question be, is Scoot Henderson better than KPJ? And you got to say long term, you know, long term, three years, the next three years, who's a better player? Because if the Rockets select Scoot Henderson, KPJ is going somewhere. <laughs> you know, either. Well, I think even if they get James Harden, KPJ might be going elsewhere. Okay, but if they don't get James Harden, oh, uh, they don't get James Harden, and they don't get Scoot Henderson, then he's sticking around. No, I'm saying if they decide if in the no James Harden scenario, and they get the second pick, if you ever fell. You want Scoot Henderson or Brandon Miller? You know, because what about this possibility? They draft Scoot Henderson, bring bring the other Scoot, the older Scoot, off the bench. Well, would KPJ? Would KP? KPJ? I don't think he'd be. Uh, would he be open to coming off the bench for a rookie? That part. Well, if it, well, if it makes the team better. Uh, how is a rookie going to make the team better over him? I'm saying in his, in his oh, mind. Oh, of course, in his yeah. mind, I think Scoot Henderson have to ball out in practice and ideally prove it that he is the better option at the starting point. Because, and, in, you know, but, I mean, he'd have to show that. I'm like John Wall now. <laughs> Don't just hand Henderson the starting job because he drafted two. <laughs> and then say, KBJ, hey, all right, accept it. <laughs> I would ask this. I would say this. KPJ just signed a new deal, right? What's he? What's he? Like twenty million per, roughly. Only the first year's guaranteed, though. Right, but say he comes back. So he comes back. He's making twenty million, correct? Uh, uh, I think it's. Oh no, I think it's like between ten and fifteen. It's not that much. Okay. Yeah. Ten. Let's say ten. It's coming here. So yeah. 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 Say so ten. As a second overall pick, Scoot Henderson making what seven, eight? <clears throat> it's up there. Yeah, let's say it's, it's about the same. Let's just say it like that. I'm not sure what it is. You know, I have to look it up, but it, it's okay. up there. All right. So I'm just saying, economic wise, is Tillman going to say, I'm paying this dude 15 million to come off the bench when I got this rookie making eight starting? Or because I, I think it's Gilbert, Re- Gilbert Arenas. 
piece. I mean, he talked about, you know, you got somebody making $4 million, but the half a million dollar guy is busting his behind in practice every day, but yet the $4 million guy starts. It's like, no matter what that half a million dollar guy does, the $4 million salary guy is going to start. So I'm looking at it just from that perspective. Is that going to ride with KPJ, the larger salary, coming off the bench? Andy, what say you? Would Tillman Fertitta be open to that? Or what, what's the... Your GM. Rockets draft Scoot Henderson. Are you going to start Scoot Henderson over KPJ? The older Scoot. Well, you're going to off, off the bench. As a general manager, you're going to start the better player. And as Scoot Henderson earns it and, and becomes a starter, if it's a non-guaranteed deal, then you start looking for ways to cut your ties, in my opinion, if I was a GM. So you, you Go know, into camp with a battle. That's my thing. If, if Scoot Henderson proves he's a better player in camp, mm-hmm. then he's going to start. You know, KPJ, beat him out. <laughs> I'm, competition makes things better. No, we agree on that, but we but, also know that that doesn't always happen. You know, and, and egos involved and all that kind of stuff as well. So, but all right, let me see if I can pull it up here. Uh, second pick, nine, nine mil. Well, first year, eight point, well, nine, eight point nine. So, yeah. <clears throat> yep. That's a great point, too, Chris. Uh, KPJ was in attendance at the press conference for Ime Udoka. That had anything, anything no. to say? Not to me. I mean, I mean, he pointed out Tillman. You know, it, it, he was not asked about it. He made the comment. He commended KPJ for being at the press conference and and kind of the relationship that they have d- developed. So that does carry weight. But if Scoot Henderson, of course, assuming the Rockets do draft him. If he proves in practices he's better than KPJ, then Rafael and the coaching staff go to Tillman. Tillman, y'all can still be boys, but Scoot's busting his ass in practice, okay? And it makes us better well, if Chris, he, last, you know, go ahead. I was going to say the, that report that came out about two, a week ago, two weeks ago, about the Houston Rockets potentially exploring a trade for yeah. Or to trade away Jalen Green. What, what, what do you say about that? Just doing do, doing his job. Jalen Green's not going anywhere unless it's for Luca, Shea, <laughs> or somebody like that. Now, Jalen Green is not untouchable. Nobody on the Rockets is untouchable. But unless it's an elite talent like, like Luca, Shea, I can't see Boston doing Jalen Brown, but Someone along those lines, Jalen Green not going anywhere. Not right now. Never say never. But the Rockets aren't going to bail on a, a what a 21-year-old 20, young man who, who can get buckets. He needs to improve in a lot of other areas. No. However, it's for y'all because I've asked, you know, some YouTube clips and, and others. If Sam Presti calls, this is my hypothetical. If Sam Presti calls or fell, Rafael, I'm willing to trade you Shea. A couple of first round picks that we have a whole bunch of. Yes, whatever you're about to say. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> All right. So, barring that, 
a trade like that, Tina's not going anywhere. Rafael would be a, he'd be a fool if someone called and said, Rafael, you know, we don't have much, but we really love Jalen Green. So do us a solid. <laughs> do us a solid, and, and we'll get back to you in the future if you trade us Jalen Green. Okay, I'll do that. He ain't doing that. If he does, he should be fired the next day. So it's got to make sense for Rafael and the Rockets. Real quick, Knicks Heat. What Eric Spolster must be, he's a hell of a coach. All right, because, damn, the Heat don't have, outside of Jimmy Butler, Bam on a good day, they don't have anybody I'm afraid of. We talked about AD every other game with Bam. It's every other week. You know, (laughs) man. So what's wrong with the Knicks? What can the Knicks do to bounce back? I mean, they got to make shots, but their defense is getting lit up. Uh, you know, but what is it? What, what, it, in your words, in y'all's thoughts, they need to do? Julius Randle, he's the straw that stirs the drink, so to speak. It, it has to begin and end with him. And, uh, as he goes, so goes the Knicks. Andy, I agree. I think it has to be Julius Randle that steps up and makes big plays because if you look at the way that Miami's really guarded. Uh, Jalen Brunson, they've kind of maybe not necessarily to the point of how they guarded Giannis, but they've kind of really done a great job at cutting down his driving lanes and forcing someone else to have to step up and make big shots. And in game one, the Knicks struggled to be able to, after that first quarter, they, they struggled to have someone else kind of step up and hit on a consistent basis. Game three, similar along those lines, it's, it's going to have to be someone else that steps up and helps Jalen Brunson because if it's just Brunson trying to make everything go for the Knicks, they're not going to be able to overcome the Miami Heat. Do y'all agree with this, that Jalen Brunson is the Knicks' best player? Yes. Yes. Okay. By far. He's clearly separated himself. Julius Randle doesn't pass the ball enough. He's become really a ball hog, you know, and the Knicks need some shooting. Quinn Grimes is not making shots in the playoffs. I don't know if the shoulder is the factor or if it's the playoffs that's a factor. But the Knicks' offense is clearly a problem. But their defense is a problem, too. They don't seem to be on the same page defensively of how to guard the heat. Phoenix-Denver. Is... Is the injury to CP a bad thing? Yeah. I, I think yeah. it's, a, it's funny that they win the game that he sits out. Stop. I don't think that's an accident. Stop. Come God, hey. Kevin what? Durant and Devin Booker were on fire. Devin Booker, what? He shot 20 of 25 from the field. You know why? You know why they were on fire? Because the ball moved. CP3 wasn't sitting there dribbling at the top of the key. The, the, the Phoenix Suns just don't have enough depth to be able to, to compete against a complete Denver Nuggets team. And no. they're, the Nuggets, I thought the Nuggets were going to take a 3-0 lead when they came on. They took the lead late in the third quarter in the fourth around that time period. Uh, no, stop. Chris Paul being injured does not make the Phoenix Suns better. I don't I don't. No, I, I agree. 
I picked Denver to win the series, but I don't think it's an accident that they win when CP3 doesn't play. I'm just saying. We'll, we'll see today. We'll see today. If Devin uh-huh. Booker and Kevin Durant can keep it up, they accounted for 84, 86 of their points. 45 and 39. Uh, what, 47 yeah. and 39? Yeah. Uh, 86? Yeah. 86 but points. 86 of their points. That's not sustainable. That's not sustainable. Well, you know, Denver defense, no, I, it, I, think, it, I think it should be. Make, it comes down to shot. Well, Eric is certainly doing a better job at, at being able to put his players in a position to succeed. But at the end of the day, good grief. So someone else has to come up with shots. R.J. Barrett well, in that game one I, made some, some questionable plays down the as, stretch. As, as, as he does for sure. All of the time. <laughs> yes. But my thing with the Knicks is talk about Coach Tibbs. He used to be a defensive guy. He used to be known for his defense. The yep. Knicks defense is getting lit up. <laughs> you know, more times than not really in, you know in the playoffs. <laughs> so <clears throat> you know Cavs didn't make shots. Bad matchup. Or will go to your point about the Cavs Knicks. Are the Heat just a bad matchup for the Knicks? No, I think Knicks just aren't playing well. I think they, yeah, yeah I just think they're not playing well. Period. Okay. Is, is that coaching Green. or is that the Heat? Both? I think <laughs> it's both. I think it's both. Is the series over? Yep. Okay. Game four. Yeah, game four. If the Knicks can tie it back up, go back to Madison Square Garden, tie two apiece, we shall see. I don't think it's over yet. They just need more players to contest. They need someone to step up and help Jalen Brunson. That's what they need. All right, these final few moments of this edition of Folks Talking Sports, shifting gears a bit, but I think it could be an impact on all of us who follow sports, watch sports. John Orand. Sports Business Journal on podcast, the Marshan and Oran Sports Media Podcast. Regarding the Phoenix Suns and Mercury new local media deal, over the air deal, quote, rights locally are going to be non-exclusive, so you'll be able to see this in a lot more places, more games, and the revenue coming into the teams is going to drop Dramatically. So the games at Phoenix, Tucson, the whole state of Phoenix, Arizona, will be available available to the fans to watch over the air. So no, well, I say no, because the Suns game, there's some part of you could be streaming and have a price point, which is yet to be announced. But this is all part of the, uh, whether it's not Diamond Sports, the RSNs, franchises having issues and filing bankruptcy and, and the Suns deal with Diamond Sports ended when they're Basically, when the first round ended, yep. Diamond Sports filed a countersuit. But from what I read and heard, the countersuit doesn't have legs because the agreement ended when the first round ended. So why are you mad? Because the Suns, Matt Ishbia, the owner, they announced the deal the day after the first round ended. So they knew what they were doing. The timing of it was not a, not a surprise. But back in the day, Wish the Rockets and Astros would do this again because back in the day, the, the games were on UPN, over the air. Andy will, a quote from the owner, Matt Ishbia, owner of the Suns and Mercury, Michigan State alum, Detroit Pistons fan, <clears throat> but I digress. Uh, quote, people focus too much on money 
it's easy to say if a man is um, worth four billion dollars. Thank but, you, Austin. Thank you. Thank you. What I focus on is if I dominate from a fan experience, if I make it an amazing community asset, if we put a great product on the floor and we're winning and we take care, great care of our team members, all of the stuff I talked about at the press conference when I originally bought the team, money will follow. Yes, I believe we'll make money. I don't even know the details about the money. The reality is when I was told I have the option to do this and we discussed this, we said 100% we're going to do the right thing for the fan base, end quote. So what do you think? Because if the games are available to three, almost four times more audience, you can present that to your advertisers and make up your money that way. What do you think about it? Because I talked to a friend of mine who's within an organization. And they were told all this. They told me the same, same thing that Matt did, I just read. That they're going to lose money initially, but in the long run, they're going to make money. Do you all agree? Do you, and if you agree, do you believe it could be something other owners will do across the NBA? And MLB. Well, if they do indeed get four times of the audience and they get more people to tune in, I think it's awesome that they're making their games more accessible to more people. And I know right now looking at it from a local Houston perspective with AT&T Sportsnet, which I'm not sure how long that will last year in the Houston area with the Rockets and the Astros. Well, well, the Astros and Rockets, they're trying to get out of the RSN with whoever they with with sports, right? Kind of thing. AT&T Sports, I know. Because they're one of the teams that are also not being paid. But ultimately, they're gonna, they want to have their own network for Astros and Rockets games like it used to be way back when, when it was called, was it HSC, Home Sports Entertainment kind of thing. But go ahead, Andy. What I was, what I was just going to say is that if they indeed are able to get that, that larger audience one, it's cool from a fan perspective to be able to have much more access to the game. So right now we're looking at some of the comments. Corey Miller says he he only pays for football TV strictly for the Rockets and Astros. You know, I know right now it's kind of an interesting point where it seems like there's that's, that's a lot not more cheap. options when it comes to streaming. <laughs> no, it is not cheap, and it's just one aspect. Like there's so many streaming platforms, uh, YouTube TV, for example, they do not have the the Rockets uh, Astros regional sports network and and again it kind of keeps a percentage of of the fan base unable to watch games and if they indeed do get that larger audience especially if you're looking at it from a local perspective uh, even a from a state perspective you do have that larger audience there will be advertisers that will be interested in being able to sponsor or <laughs> pay for commercials during the ads. You're going to be having a four-time audience if it's enough to make up for what the regional sports network traditional RSN deal would be. Only time will tell, but I think there's certainly a potential recipe there that could find a viable success. Well, what, what say you? Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, it's all about dollars, and it's not to t- the traditional way, but as you said, if you quadruple your audience, you can take those numbers back to your advertisers your advertising partners and say, Hey, you know, this is what we're, these are the numbers we're pulling. You know, these are the deals we want to do. And 
at, in the long run, I think the money will increase. So kudos to him. First of all, kudos to his PR team because that speech, that quote was phenomenal. And then to to even the thought process behind that, I mean, it's 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 new age thinking. It's out of the box thinking. And with him being a new governor in the league, it, I, we'll see how well it's received going forward. Do you see? Yeah, because I think it depends on the owners and their deep pockets. Percentage-wise, how many owners do y'all think will go, try to go this route or go this route? Well, it's going to depend on the success that Phoenix has. Yep. If they yep. see they're thriving, it's not going to be long before a whole bunch of owners are copying what they're doing. Oh, yeah, they're watching for sure. So let's let's say... <clears throat> within three years because as far as like I said the, the countersuit claim the lawyers would be happy about that but they're like I don't see how they're going to win, win that suit against Phoenix ownership the Mercury Games WNBA franchise will be free their season starts I think the end of well you know, I think a couple of weeks actually couple of weeks, yeah. so they'll be free this season the Suns game for this coming season, 23-24, at some point will be over the air, but also have a streaming component. And then the issue will be how much would they ch- they'll charge for it. So I want to say, and who was it who had the FUBU option? Uh, let's see. Got you, Will? You got it? So I can get to some. Uh, there we go. There we yep. go. All right. Uh Corey. I don't I don't want to get into your business, Corey, but FUBU costs what? Andy, do you know off the top of your head? forty bucks a month, fifty bucks a month, something like that, seventy bucks a month, whatever. Let's say the price point for a Phoenix Suns games for the streaming part of their deal is under twenty five bucks a month. I think that's reasonable. What do you what say y'all? For the games specifically? For for Suns games on, you know, the part of it, because I believe that they'll be over the air. See, Corey says Fubu, 72 bucks a month for he said Rockets and Astros, right? Okay. Well, if Phoenix if Matt Ishbia, they, they agree on a price point, it's less than 30 bucks a month. I, I mean, hell, <laughs> seemed like a better deal, right? It definitely yeah. is. Especially if you're reaching a larger audience, potentially. So the price point, I think, will be key. Because I want to say Nesson for, for uh, Nesson up in New England for Red Sox, and I think Red Sox and Celtics are part of the same, I think part of Nesson. They are. It's like I'm not sure. It might be for like forty bucks a month. Mm. You know, I want to say between thirty and forty bucks a month, I think. And then, of course, the Yankees on on the Yes Network price point there. So it depends on the franchise, depends on the owners. But I think it's funny how we're saying it's it's out of the box thinking, 
but it's how things used to be. <laughs> right. So everything old is new again, basically. So, cause yeah, I mean, I remember the days the games on UPN 20 here in town and then evolved into HSC. And I think some of our older UH alums, Tony, I think we're around the same age is some of the old UH football games used to be on the public channel here in town on PBS, you know, over the air for UH football, UH basketball, I think. PBS, was that always affiliated with the University of Houston even back then? Mm, That part, I mean, it wasn't Houston public media, but I mean, it was public broadcasting channel, I think. So we'll see. Uh, Definitely ownership is going to the Board of Governors. We'll see how it works. Baseball wants to, they want to get rid of the uh, blackouts, local blackouts and make all the games available to their fans in local markets, but also make the option available for fans who, who was it like back in the day when the cup games were on WGN yep. when Harry Carey became a national, you know, landmark because he called the games on WGN and, and my, my grandfather, hell, one of the reasons he got cable <laughs> was to watch the Cubs on WGN because of Harry Carey. So that goes back a long way. And, you know, it just, I think it'll work. Clearly technology will have to keep advancing. Um, but if it does, you give fans the option to watch games over the air for free or pay for it if you want to pay for it as long as you don't price them out of it. What say you or y'all? Yep, I agree. On? The, let's, tend, let's do it from a Rocket perspective. Can you see Tillman doing this, making the Rocket games available on an over-the-air network? I definitely could because you would imagine that it, it the the revenue would be much more concentrated on the Astros and and Rockets like they're they're essentially kind of cutting out the middleman if that makes sense because I, I think what the Rockets Astros want to do because I think one of their issues and some other pro teams are not in the Suns situation because Phoenix's deal expired at the end of the playoffs first round of the playoffs. Other teams, pro teams, still have, you know, multiple years left on their contracts. So that's going to be an issue for them to deal with. And like Justin says here, Warner Brothers and Discovery, was it WBD, has dropped AT&T Sports. It's time to make the games local because it does reach more people. Because I think the NBA and their next, well, their upcoming media deal, there will be a streaming component. But there's also going to be games on. I mean, that's not really over the air, but, you know, because ESPN, maybe NBC, we'll see if Turner, Warner Brothers, whatever you want to call them, stays with it. But the NBA games will be on, I think, multiple networks in their new deal. So you, you see how it all, because. Owners want to, as Justin says, and as all the fans have said here, want to reach more people. Streaming is great. A lot of folks have cut the cord and gone to streaming. But there's still a lot of people who watch over the air and don't yet stream. 
Andy, you're you're the youngster of the trio. I think you and Corey are closer than the same age. Corey is a current student at UH. But Andy, I think you stream everything, don't you? For our shows? Yeah, everything. Yeah. Sports shows, whatever you want to watch. You do you have do you have a, a cable package, cable slash satellite package, or do you have streaming? We have streaming, but we just switched to streaming, so I'm still graduate. But it's still very much in its infancy. It's still like it, the funny thing is when you it it's it's streaming. It's different from cable, but since you're kind of packaging everything, it's like you said, it's not really new. It's new, but it's not new. If that makes sense, because at some point within the next three to five years, ESPN is going to put all their stuff on streaming you know excuse me direct to consumer you know that's that's how it's phrased and then i'll be curious to see what their price point will be to have all their channels in the dtc direct to consumer platform because the companies want to make money that's they're going to do what they got to do to make money so streaming is not yet a big money maker for a lot of companies because there's still a lot of companies right currently reporting losses yep. with streaming platforms. So we'll see how, how it all plays out. A lot of eyeballs from the ownership level will be on Phoenix in the Mercury and the Suns to see how it works and if it works. And then if it does work, get those phone calls or those zoom calls or, or met in ownership the governors meet some fancy resort <laughs> and hash it out hey man how'd you make this work and then go from there so oh this be our last question and we close it out well this time because i want to get andy's thoughts on this as well final thing will the ncaa schools follow suit hmm. i'm not sure how much they can do for you know, tier three rights. Yeah, yeah. B beyond that, tier three rights, that's about all they can do because one and two belong to the conference and the, the major networks. But even going forward, like for the for the Cougs and Big 12 teams, most of the tier, well, I think all the tier three rights now go to go to the Big 12. So does that involve that's that's all the Big 12 now on ESPN plus. So how much of the Cougs, you know, Andy and Will, Brett Yomark wants to provide more access to the players, you know, interviews and things of that sort. Will that be on Big 12 now on ESPN Plus or will that be on the school's social media platforms like their YouTube channels? What do you think? Probably the ESPN Plus Big 12 now, if we're looking at revenue streams. Andy? Agreed. If it's coming from the conference, they're going to want a piece of the pie too. And if it goes strictly to the school's YouTube or their school's website, it's kind of gets to loot 88. Those rights belong much more to university, in my opinion, rather than the conference. So if it's a conference-wide thing, I agree it definitely would be ESPN Plus. We're going to put it somewhere. The last thing. Cheryl Swoop said this at a recent conference. That the way with NIL now in college sports, 
women's college basketball players earn more money than WNBA players. Is, is that, what does that say? <laughs> what does it say about WNBA? What does it say about NCAA? I would say this about the WNBA. It says that they have some steps they need to take. Because if I remember right, and Chris, you know this way more than I do, is it the it's the max salary in WNBA like two fifty five? Is that if if it's that high? But that that oh. you know. So yeah, I know it's not a million dollars. I know that so. right. And you have Angel Reese. I believe and others and others now. <clears throat> well, that's just well. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'll say Caitlin Clark. Her NIL deals at Iowa seven hundred fifty thousand dollars. So, what's the incentive for her to leave school early to go to the WNBA? Andy, college. The NCAA is a different. It's a different beast when it comes to the WNBA and the WNBA in and of itself is at the end of the day, it comes down to revenue partners or sponsors and stuff like that. And I'd give example with LSU and those other schools, they have wealthy, wealthy alumni donors. That's where the money's coming from with businesses. And when it comes to the WNBA and sponsors and those resources, that revenue stream probably just not there. And at the end of the day, it comes down to to the revenue coming in. That's the the money has to come in from somewhere. You can't just pull millions out of thin air. That that's part of it. There are some WNBA owners who do not have deep pockets, like the Aces owner in Vegas, of Mark Davis. Uh, Mark Davis, and then the Liberty owner in Brooklyn, Joe Josta. Um. So they're not enough deep pocket owners, but it's like the NBA on that smaller scale. you got some deep pocket owners in the NBA and some who not pockets aren't as deep or and or unwilling to spend as much as the Clippers or the Warriors. WNBA needs to do better. I mean, WNBA still does not want every team or teams to fly charter because not every team can afford it. Give me a break. If you can't fly charter, that's on you. I mean, that's a you problem. Don't hurt. Don't hate me because I can afford it. Yep. You know, I mean, hell, Tillman said at the press conference that the Rockets fly, what is it, a 767, the only one in the NBA. Years ago, Detroit and Mr. D, William Davidson, rest his soul, was the first one to have a charter plane for, his, for the Pistons of that type. That's 40-something years ago. The NBA didn't say, no, Mr. D, you can't do that because everybody else can't do it. You can't do it. That's, that's, that's your problem. Find some other revenue. Get some other revenue partners. So that's an issue. Andy, I agree with you about that. You know, I got to bring in some money. But also, the year years ago, initially the WNBA had, the NBA had a, basically was ownership, owner, owned the NBA franchises. WNBA they, franchise. Own WNBA franchises. Yeah. Then they started progressing and that fans and other folks clamored, well, we want to be able to own our own franchises so we can have more say in the direction of the league and our franchises. So it's more individual ownership 
now in the WNBA. They now have a WNBA commissioner rather than WNBA president who used to report, you know, more under David Stern and for a few years, Adam Silver, before Kathy Engelberg became the WNBA commissioner. They got more individual ownership. So you got some owners with more money than others. So if the wealthy owners want to do more for their players and can do it, so be it. If the league as a whole can't do it, then get to that point. They are, I think, this season started with this season for the playoffs for sure. And back to backs, the league is going to have charters for the players. But that's for back to backs and then the playoffs. But it's not every every game. You know, they're making money and companies are realizing that basketball women's players are marketable and it's all worth and worthy of investing and advertising with them. So we'll see if it improves and gets better. But in terms, I think Tony asked a question about how many women's college players are making, getting, getting money, you know, WNBA salary type money. The top players are, you know, I know that the cabinet twins were before they, they left and are going to begin a wrestling career. Bless them. Angel Reese is. Haiti Van Lith is and was. Alisa Morrow is. Caitlin Clark is. Majority of the South Carolina players are. Tennessee is. The big time programs do. UConn. UConn does. Paige Beckers, no question. Paige Beckers before this year to Angel Reese was the highest paid women's college player. And else you one of the highest paid college players, period. Paige Beckers, but to know well, one of the top programs in women's hoops that isn't big in NIL. And I think we might see a change in, in their dominance going forward. Guess, Andy. Will, guess. Mm-hmm. They're big on academics. Huge in academics. Stanford. Bingo. Stanford. Stanford lost some, a lot of, not a lot, but a few players transferred. Yep. They're not big at NIL. So we'll see how that impacts them going forward. If they, if the top tier women's players decide not to go there because they can get more money from Tennessee, Carolina, LSU, Houston. (laughs) I got jokes. I got jokes. But, because, Andy, you know, that's not going to happen ever in my lifetime and probably not in, in yours, where the Cougs NIL for women's basketball will be a big time thing. So we're going to wrap it up there. Thank you, everybody. Justin, Ace Times Finest, Tony M. Andy, did Astros win? No, they lost. Well, so how are they doing the series? Andy, they get swept? They lost. No, they uh, they won the first game, dropped two. But oh my goodness, the... Uh... The collapse last night, Saturday, and that one's really the the, the one that probably stings the most. They were up uh, four nothing, I want to say, against the Seattle Mariners. They were up three nothing against the Seattle Mariners, and they completely imploded in the bottom of the eighth inning. They gave up seven runs in that eighth inning, and and they lost seven to five in that game. That's the game that they had control, 
and they they couldn't close it out. And that all seven of those runs came with two outs. So wow, Houston drops to seven and seventeen after losing today to Seattle. Seattle improved to seventeen and seventeen. And I mean, really, they're just a wounded. They're they're limping through the early part of the season right now. They they might get some reinforcements with by within the next few days. They're expecting to have Michael Brantley and Chaz McCormick rejoin the team some point in Los Angeles against the Angels. And Jose Altuve seems to be ahead of schedule when it comes to his injuries that he suffered in the World Baseball Classic. So he could start his rehab process as early as within this week, according to general manager Dana Brown. So we shall see where they're at. Still May, so they still have a lot of season left to go. But again, kind of kind of limping through the early part of the season. Wrap it up, Andy. How can folks find you on social media? Eight times find us. Thank you for chiming in. Thank you for that compliment right there. Yes, sir. They can follow me on Twitter. Aeon is underscore five. And I just I'll keep plugging in pod slam and jam on YouTube. P-A-W-D-S-L-A-M-A. J-A-M-A on YouTube. We're 40 subs away from a thousand subscribers. So please give us a huge favor. If you haven't done so already. And please be sure to subscribe. Also, some Houston Cougars football news. They got a commit from a new offensive lineman, former Western Kentucky offensive lineman, David and Dukeway is going to be committed to the Houston Cougars football team. He has three years of eligibility. So that's some Houston Cougars football news for the day. Will, how about you? How can folks find you? Uh, they can find me on social media at Twitter and Instagram at Will Gibson Seven. Will Gibson Seven at on Twitter and Instagram. Chris, can I give one quick shout out, real quick? By all means, yes, sir. All right, thank you. Uh, today, uh, graduation ceremonies at Ohio State. Uh, Twelve thousand two hundred degrees were conferred total. One hundred and ninety-one former and current student athletes, and I want to highlight one: uh, Chicago Bears quarterback Justin Fields earned his degree today in consumer family and financial services. So uh, going into his third year in the NFL, he took the last two off seasons, came back, completed his degree and walked the stage today. So shout out to Justin Fields and all the other uh, graduates at Ohio state today. Congrats to him. And congrats to the UH alums who got UConn had a famous alum too. And Ray Allen, Ray Allen graduated from UConn over, the last few days. Oh, so. cool. Nice. Salute to, to all the college graduates for, for getting that paper because it's work. <laughs> getting a college degree, it's work involved. And, you know, I messed around my first two years, but I got it done. I got my UH degree. So thank you very much. And salute to all the student athletes who got their degrees at TSU and, and Rice and HCU and UH. And now y'all are adults. And for some of y'all, Welcome to the real world. <laughs> so, but thank you again to everyone for your comments. I want to say this before we close it out. I want to send my condolences to a member of the ultimate scoring machine, Lance Blanks, who uh, passed away a few days ago. Not sure. It doesn't even matter the situation about his death, but uh, knew him, talked to him a lot at uh, Rocket Games when he scouted. You come by the games and we, we chop it up. Last time I saw him was at UH practice because he was did some scouting for the Clippers and he was at a practice and I talked to him. 
So that was probably February or so. Um, and he, and I want to say his dad and my dad kind of ran same circles years and years ago. So from the Woodlands ties. So condolences to his family, condolences to the family of Vita Blue, who passed away, I think yesterday, but it was announced earlier today. And you talk about someone, my dad and uncles and <laughs> grandparents looked up to and admired for everything he did on, on the baseball field. So remember them, don't know who Vita Blue is, look it up for sure. Um, he was a bad man on the mound. Dealt with struggles, you know, personal struggles, but uh, 73 years of age, and I think he lost a battle with cancer Saturday evening. So condolences to, to his family also. But thank you to everyone for watching and participating in the discussion here on Folks Talking Sports, here on Twitter at Folks Talk Sports, as well as on the Houston Round Bar Review YouTube channel. If you want to advertise on any of the shows available on the Houston Round Bar Review YouTube channel, email me here at kgardner at the hrr.com. Will and Andy, I'm going to put you out, call you out here publicly and see, are y'all available for this Thursday on the lunch break? Uh, yeah, that should work. Andy? Uh, we shall see. I'll have to get back to you. That's fine. No problem. We shall see. Just let me know. But also, you can tune in to the lunch break. Simulcasting also here on the Houston Round Bar Review on YouTube, but also available on Roku on the BS3 network. So, Will, thank you for your time. Andy, thank you for your time. It's uh, life goes on, man. We talked about playoffs, talked about a lot of different topics today. It's what we do here in Folks Talk of Sports. So, tell your friends about the show, tell your friends about the channel, hit that like button, hit that bell so you receive notifications. And we will continue providing content for you. And thank you for your support. So until later on in the week, y'all take care. Peace.